0: Hi, folks. Great, you can hear me. If you can hear from my voice, I'm a bit tired. Also, because it is raining outside, so I'm feeling a bit sleepy. Just trying to stop myself from going back to bed. One thing about staying on campus is you try to study. So I try to study ERC, right? But there's always that lingering... That voice in my head saying okay your bit is just <laughs> your bit is just five minutes away give up now you know so there's that been work- working through some stuff obviously for my thesis. gonna oh in terms of recruitment <laughs> i don't know if this is good or bad news but my initial plan was to recruit 10 participants right for my workshops but I've only managed to get six I'm very grateful for them because I didn't have to ask twice they were just like okay I'm gonna check my schedule get back to you and they came back to me and said yes I was like, okay awesome these six people are my new favorite people on the planet right and so I'll be working with them for the next three weeks the first workshop will be held in a few days in five days and I have to say it's, it's like writing a script right? for a workshop as a facilitator. What are you going to say? What are the exact instructions you're going to give? What do you want your participants to do? What are the questions you want them to think about uh, pertaining to your research? So I've had to do the workshop design, as my prof calls it. She, she didn't seem very happy when she saw that my document was titled script. So I will be renaming it to workshop design and I'm going to make sure she sees it next week. And anyway, I was showing her my workshop design, which really consists of... It's a play-by-play, right? It's a step-by-step of what you're going to do for for the whole time with the participants. So with timestamps, right? So like it starts at 8, what are you going to do at 8, for how long? What's the next item of the agenda? And it's not just that, right? And you to try to do like minute by minute, so like at 8.30, gotta say this you gotta say this and if you know me as a person I'm never this precise I like to go without I mean I try to go without a plan I try to improv a lot I mean that's how I work so this was like out of my comfort zones for me but not all bad because it gives me a sense of okay I know what I'm doing and I I have this script this workshop design thing to fall back on if i do forget any of my lines or whatever hopefully not but i am human and this is my first time so just a backup plan i will be printing it out i think just so i have it on hand so one thing i was working through as you all know i'll be using movement exercises in my research as well as writing exercises So in that order, right? Get them to watch a film, they're gonna do some movement exercises, they're gonna do some writing exercises, and then obviously there will be opportunities to share and reflect right, throughout the session. So basically what I've been working on was to kind of link the movement exercises to the writing exercises and to the film. So for instance, I have a movement exercise that I talked about in episode one, which is the cross and the circle. So trying to simultaneously at the same time, draw a cross with your right hand and a circle with your left hand seems to be challenging for most people, right? And in order to kind of weave that into my writing exercise, as well as link it back to the film that they'll be watching, it'd be kind of to show, I suppose, the inability to do both actions at the same time is kinda of reflects that this orientation that one might feel. For instance, not being able to accomplish more than one thing at a time. There I mean, I'm sure there are moments where you feel like this, where you feel like there are a list of commitments or to do's that you have to accomplish and you can never seem to achieve more than one. And there's that sense of fatality where you don't you can't really do anything about it, some things are beyond your control, um, and of course, it sometimes it affects your self-esteem, right, These, Like even a little thing of not being able to say, I don't know, get an assignment and go for your best friend's birthday party, right, sometimes, I mean, there are dilemmas and, and situations, situations such as this that you have to, I guess, experience, and not being able to fulfill them all sometimes affects your I suppose, self-esteem or your relationships right especially if they are prolonged and they occur all the time so I mean there was I mean there was this interview I don't know if you know Sarah Paulson she's an actress amazing actress she's completely she's good and she's hilarious she watch her interviews yeah I watch her interviews just to de-stress And so, in one interview, she said something. She quoted someone else. I don't quite remember who she quoted, but she did mention something that went along the lines of As an actor, you're not paying me to act. You are paying me for the times I'm sitting around doing nothing. And you're paying me for all the birthday parties that are missing, all the graduations that are missing, all the important milestones that are missing of my friends and my family. I think that really struck out to me how you know some jobs most jobs really require you to make sacrifices especially when it comes to your personal life and when i say require obviously very often we have a choice but it kind of feels like we also don't have a choice so yeah that's the conundrum most of us are in whatever stage of our lives we're in so there's that, but going back to the point, trying to link back my movement exercises to my writing exercises in the film. So how will the cross and circle link back to my writing exercise, right? will sort of be like, for instance, have, has there ever been a time where you felt like, you know, you couldn't accomplish more than one thing at a time? And how did that make you feel? How did you overcome that? It's just like guiding questions for my participants to think and think about and share with one another about and use, you know, whatever they've discussed, whatever whatever they've talked about as material for writing their own play, right? And this kind of parallels what they do in forum theater. I've talked about this last week. Yeah, in the last episode where, you know, you kind of in groups, you brainstorm, you collect material so that you can write characters and write plays together as a group I'm, I mean I'm going in that direction but the difference is you will be writing alone as individuals right and I kind of want to s- s- say why I want to do this I, I maybe I've mentioned this before but I, I want people to be able to Because I was talking to someone the other day, and she was like, Okay, I love watching movies, but I also like watching movies alone at home, right? So movies is not necessarily a social affair for everyone, right? Some people find watching movies to be something they do alone. Some people only watch movies with friends and, you know, and whatever else. So for those and and in that same conversation someone else made the argument that isn't watching movies alone isolating i'm not sure about that myself but some people might feel <laughs> it's isolating some people might feel like it's not my friend didn't feel like watching movies alone was isolating so to each their own i suppose so what i'm really trying to do is for those people who enjoy or have to watch movies alone or find themselves watching movies alone all the time. Um, it's I suppose it's good to have a healthy way of processing whatever feelings and thoughts you have while watching the movie and even after watching the movie. And hopefully what I'm doing will serve as, you know, a useful tool for one to kind of express themselves on paper through their characters, and so watching movies is not just a two-hour affair, right? It, it, it can benefit you for the long term and as you face, you know, your, your lives even after watching the movie. So there's that. And I was talking to my prof about how to sort of measure help-seeking behavior and I don't have my laptop with me today so I'm just really I have nothing to refer to I have a like a notebook but it has nothing much so I was talking to her and I found I think it was a reading I don't remember once again I'll put the references but there was a reading which really mapped out the whole process of an individual finally seeking help so what are the steps right i think the first step if i remember correctly is appraisal appraisal of your current situation and what came before which includes but it's not limited to your age your gender sexual orientation personality traits and whatever else trauma in the past maybe right so appraisal of your situation so you know I, I could have I could feel isolated and have another friend with the same feelings of isolation but because of our very different histories the way we react to that same feeling might be different so I might, you know choose to reach out to my best friend want to maybe talk to her share my feelings but this other person on the contrary might feel like they'd rather be alone keep to themselves and not, you know not maybe appear weak in front of other people. So different people have different ways of reacting to the same, I suppose, situation. So appraisal of that situation. And if I'm not wrong, the next step would be to evaluate the severity of the symptoms. And I mean, to be able to do that is to really have the awareness of what are the symptoms to begin with some people don't even realize that they are stressed some people don't even realize that they're feeling sad they just think that's you know normal right so being just aware of the symptoms of what's not normal right and right remember the third step i know the last one is it's help seeking right so just reaching out to professional or non-professional help so there's this whole chart right and because in my research question it's you know how can I help to promote help seeking behavior so obviously I will have to measure it but I can't exactly measure all of these different variables right I cannot keep I cannot be asking my participants their entire history and even if I were to do that they might not be able to tell me in its entirety right and obviously I even if I had that information just analyzing it would be a chore and I don't think I'd be equipped enough to do that. So there are a lot of variables that are beyond me out of my control and really there is no point really measuring them but obviously you you can't neglect them you have to take them into account in your research so I mean using existing theories to kind of justify why say participant A wrote their character in this way and then use you know use a theory to kind of justify why and because I'll be interviewing them hopefully the interview would give me clues as to why they, they wrote their character that way and then again use theories to justify that right so i the crux of it is really theory right and which I feel like I've been lacking recently because I've been so focused on the workshop design so just yesterday I was at you know AS5 meeting my prof and right outside her office is a bookshelf with free books right and it was my first time noticing that and I was really excited so I picked up a book and started reading it today I'm, I must say I've I've gone through quite a lot of it okay not a lot more than I expected case 70 pages but really it's not about the quantity but still something to be proud of really this book is about it's entitled performance a critical introduction second edition by Marvin Carlson and it you know it it, it's quite easy to read it's very just looking at the contents page like if you know what you are interested in in or what you're looking for it's very easy you can just go to the relevant chapter so there's like part one performance in social sciences part two the art of performance part three performance in contemporary theory so what it does is really lists out the different theorists the people who have worked on the specific subject matter in history and really to the best of the editor's ability to summarize what you know they have researched about And as a reader, it really helps me with that chronological... I won't say it's chronological, but it's a very neat flow of who said what, who disagrees with who, who agrees with who, you know, how one theory complements another theory, how one might disagree with another theory, all these different kind of things. And I mean, it's very nice. It's very... It's not hard to read, right? And. I've been learning I've been reading the performance of language so it's really about the speech act theory literary speech theory yeah all these kinds of things so um, just I, I want to put it in layman terms but I'm still processing it myself so it talks a lot about semiotics how the, the difference between speech As language as well as body as a language and some argue the gap and others argue that you know you cannot talk about them apart from each other they they will always forever be intertwined so there are these binaries and people trying to 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 undermine I I don't feel like a better word resist these binaries yeah so there are all these things and I'm really linking it back to theater, right? So there was this one example where in a a carnival, I think it's Kristeva, in a carnival, the actor on stage and the audience member, the role of the author is constantly moving about. So as the person on stage, we're constantly receiving these, verbal or bodily gestures from our audience, you can sort of tell that whether they are interested in what you're saying or whether they're bored, they're not interested in what you're saying, whether or not a certain word that you've used has riled them up, has made them wake up or made them sleep, you know, and, and, and as the actor on stage, you really have to be, I would say, aware of how you, what you're doing is affecting the audience. Sometimes, for instance, for stand-up comedians, you tell a joke, right? You thought it would make them laugh, but it really didn't. You just complete silence. So that's that feedback, right? That you can use in your next joke, perhaps, right? And there's always this, I I would say it's a two-way communication. Um, I suppose the difference is the audience is not, I wouldn't say intentional. They didn't plan. I would say they didn't plan their reactions right the person on stage did most of the time plan what they were gonna say or do so there's that and so i mean going back to the book it's like the role of the author is constantly shifting right in a conversation or a, you know in social events and there are, I mean, there are other theories who, who who break down what it means to to speak. So they're they're really drilling down on on word the different words that make up sentences, right? And you have thing is Bakhtin, Mikhail Bakhtin, who argues that all words have three aspects. The first being a neutral word of a language as, as being a neutral word of a language. So for instance, a word such as a hey, dog dog, dog, right? It has three aspects, right? The first one being it being a neutral word. So maybe uh, dog as you see it in the dictionary, however, it's defined. So uh, it's very hard for me to say free from context, but that is also questionable, right? And the second aspect being, when I say the word dog, for instance, I'm talking to a friend, when I say the word dog, what does this other friend hear, right? So for when I'm telling you dog right now, what happens, what, what is going on in your mind? It, perhaps you see a pit, picture of a dog. Perhaps you see a picture of a person. You know, different people have different interpretations of the same word so that's the second aspect and the third aspect is me as the speaker why do i say the word dog what am i hoping to achieve with the use of the dog so for instance if i say oh that dog is so cute and i'm pointing to a you know a dog i could be trying to um i don't know encourage my mother to buy me a dog for my birthday Right Or if I'm pointing to someone And I say That dog Then obviously <laughs> Maybe you're trying to Be insulting Right So it's about you As the speaker So that's the three aspects Of the, a simple word Dog So really breaking down What it means to, to To talk Really And You have I mean can you imagine Being friends with These theorists I mean when you're talking you just like in their heads to breaking down all your different word choices and trying to decipher your intention. Yeah, like it, I, I imagine it to be very stressful. you right. Anyway, and yeah, there are a bunch of other theories I don't want to go in too deep because first and foremost, I'm not a professional. I, just, this is new information to me, most of it. And secondly, I I encourage you to, to, to find out these things in your own read read the books yourself because this thing about reading is uh, you're you're hearing your own voice right as you read. It's not as if you're you're watching a movie or a TED talk where someone's telling you. You're you're kind of reading. You're hearing your own voice in your head, and there's that effect of listening to yourself. So it's like an out-of-body experience, right? Where you're talking in your head, and then there's another Nazarene, there's another you outside, kind of judging what you're saying to yourself, of good or bad judgment, whatever it is. And with that judgment, you kind of... It's like a conversation, right? You're having with yourself, and I think that's always very valuable to have, because it helps you clarify your understanding of whatever you're reading, it helps you clarify your beliefs, for yourself and hopefully help you articulate your thoughts a bit better so I mean this is certainly helping this podcast thingy because well technically I'm in the studio alone I'm talking to myself right so yeah, there's this constant feedback that's coming in yeah so and as I'm editing too there's that uh, conversation with myself as well so I'm hearing myself talk and I'd be wondering why I said that, why I didn't say this, why did I miss out that information. And there are certain points where I slow down, I start to stutter a lot. That's when I know maybe I'm not as well versed as I should be in whatever I'm talking about. And when I speak too fast, perhaps, you know, I might be overly excited or passionate or agitated. And some that maybe has something to say about where my passion or my beliefs lie, you know. So having that feedback is very important when you do whatever work it is you're doing so I truly believe that today's well considering last episode it was like 50 minutes maybe I should keep this one short it's not even that short it's 24 minutes I had to come in here because I was running away from the rain I was sitting on the grass reading and it's something interesting my friend told me just this friend who is constantly reading she's doing her masters I think so I was kind of intrigued as to how she was able to read so much and so I asked her you know how do you do it and she said okay she said create good associations with reading so that was like you know that is like so interesting to me because why didn't I think of that Right? some people and so you got me thinking why do people have to study in cafes why do people have to spend money buying just fancy coffee and tea and to be able to study right and i i sort of understand that now just trying to make the whole experience a bit more pleasant for yourself obviously i'm not going to be cafe hopping because you know i'm broke but you know sitting on the grass is a free option and it's quite nice the wind blows every five seconds your pages are constantly flipping in the wind there are birds there are ants oh i was so proud of myself because there was an ant there was an ant crawling on my arm as i was flipping the pages and i didn't kill it you know i let it run i let it roam free i was like okay you go where you need to go it's like living in harmony with nature so i was proud of myself and there were other animals too like I think it was a mosquito that one you have to be aware of afraid of yeah so that's what i've been up to if you see me on the grass say hi if you're playing frisbee or whatever invite me please because i probably want to join you and whatever it is you're trying to accomplish this semester or this year i hope you keep at it don't give up always remind yourself why why you wanted to do it in the first place I think that helps yeah have a good week and see you next episode